0: The Lord be with you. you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed for my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you. There is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. The Gospel of the Lord. He walked away sad. No matter how hard we tried uh, in looking at this gospel, at least for myself, for the entirety of my life, I always thought of this gospel as a call to get rid of excess. And even to give from what we have, right? To give away to the poor, to to share what we've received from God. And that's important, this detachment, right? Christ calls his disciples to it. He calls us to the same. But I think we take a very limited view if we just stick at that level, right? You could go home and, and write a check. You could go home Venmo. You could go home and put your credit card information into a charity. But there's still a disposition that remains behind it all, right? He walked away sad. Today, it seems like more than ever, people experience sadness. They're unhappy. The statistics show that more and more people are experiencing depression, anxiety, mental health concerns. So what has changed? Is money really the factor here? You know, someone could be wealthy and still unhappy. No, I think that the gospel of today is time is money. Time is money. And these are concerns of time are beginning to affect not just us, not just our schedules, but it's beginning to affect our children. And I think our desire for control of this precious commodity can sometimes cause us to really limit ourselves in the way we view the gospel. right We can spin our wheels and all of this because oftentimes we end up making exceptions for ourselves myself included. To use the words of the gospel, I think we can spend more time thinking about how to get a camel through the eye of a needle than actually how we're supposed to follow God. To put it succinctly, we have to stop cutting corners. And that's not something I'm immune from. Right? I, I've reflected here recently on, you know, when, when time, my schedule gets full and, and I've got a lot on my plate, I'm physically tired, I can find myself saying, well, okay, uh, I know I'm going to be driving downtown today to go to this, you know, it's a cathedral, so that'll be about 20 minutes. I, I could do that for part of my holy hour. And what we end up doing is I, I end up making these exceptions for myself. In other words, I'm just giving God my leftovers, right? He's no longer a priority. I'm taking an opportunity of a relationship of love and I'm just relegating it down to a duty. Now, I don't think that I'm the only one who struggles with this. And with this mentality, what ends up happening is we limit our ability to be looked at and loved by Christ, as that rich young man had the opportunity to receive in our gospel today. You see, in development, when we think about ourselves, when we think about our children, for children to receive, for us to receive what we need, we have to be nourished in body and soul, right? We're more than just our flesh. We know that, but do we allow that to be lived? I think about our schools. You know, we're doing more now than ever, I think, in, in terms of trying to, to push the envelope into, into techniques to learn. We're trying to impart wisdom. We're trying to share with all of our technology the, the new resources that we have with kids. But I think what ends up happening is we end up sharing a wisdom that's a wisdom maybe of the intellect, but it's not really a, a wisdom of the soul. The wisdom that Solomon talked about in our first reading today. Right? Wisdom in God's eyes is to be able to see the world as God sees the world. And so I want to turn our attention into that second reading today. Because I think the second reading can help us to know what's integral in this pursuit of wisdom and this pursuit, as we would say, to happiness. And right? to acknowledge the role of time. Because a part of a development, right, we all develop over time. Our experience is important. And part of this development for a child is to learn who they were created to be, to come into their own, to understand their own dignity, to understand their own gifts. And in order for this to happen, they have to be able to reflect upon their heart, discern the reflections and thoughts of the heart, as our second reading says today. And how is this possible for all of us, young or old alike? Well, it says because the Word of God is living and Effective. Living and effective. Is that not a good motto for our children? Well, yeah, we want them to live, Father. I don't think we want our children to be dead. What are you saying about us? right? Living, flourishing, and effective. right? We want our kids to be nourished. We want want our kids to to know that they are loved. We want our kids to recognize their potential. And so in order for this to happen, in order for for all this, a child has to be invested in. And studies show now, more than ever, that we can pump all of the, the things we want to into a child, but if we don't spend time with them, their development will be greatly affected. And so if we do this then, in a practical sense, in a biological sense, why wouldn't we do it in terms of their presence in the time of Almighty God, the Father? Think about it like this. We've got a great gift as Catholic Christians. Why? Because the Word of God is not just simply our Bible at home, but the Word of God which is living and effective is the Word of God proclaimed in scriptures, and the Word of God come in the flesh in the Eucharist. We have the gift of the Mass. Here we hear the Word of God proclaimed. Here we receive Christ into our souls, our bodies. So do we cherish this, or do we simply view it as a duty? You know, I. I was out to breakfast yesterday with some parishioners and one of them put it like this. On a Saturday night, would we turn to our kids and say, well, I've had to run a lot of errands today, I've had to take you to games, this, that, and the other, we just don't have time for dinner tonight. No! Because our bodies need nourishment. So then, why does that excuse work for the nourishment of the soul? Now probably wondering, Father, do you not see me here today? I'm in the pews. Yes. You are in the pews because you recognize that Mass is not just a duty, but Mass is an opportunity to receive our Lord. You recognize it. It's important. So maybe, maybe you're like me, and we just need to move that dial a little bit more from duty to love, making that priority in our hearts. So how do we do this? Well, I think first and foremost, we have to understand that our relationship with God, that the Mass itself, is an opportunity to encounter love. If well, we thought about it like that? Or if we just simply thought of it as some ritual thing I do on Sundays? Right? The Lord, the, the, the Mass is so integrated in terms of history, in terms of, of what the apostles even did in certain parts, that we continue today. So each part has rich meaning. Yes, we have to educate ourselves intellectually. But are we also open to receiving the way that God speaks specifically to us, whether in the readings, whether through the homily, whether through a song, or in our very reception of Him in the Eucharist? Because the Mass is full of mystery. It's a place of encounter, it's a place that we, we have to be attentive. Like a dating relationship, we're looking, to, looking for certain cues to see if that person's really the one. And we know our Lord is our Savior, so Let's pick up on some of his cues. And once we've received this, once we've grown into greater appreciation of the Mass, once we've received this wisdom to be able to see as God sees, to see the Mass as a place of encounter, then we have to share that. Because there are many people out there who don't understand what the Mass is, and so it's just not important to them. But you know, how often do we share things in conversation with other people about our preferences? But why can't we do it in the faith? And there's a hesitation there. We'll ask questions like, what gym do you go to? Where do you prefer to get your groceries? Where do you like to go out to eat? But have we ever asked someone, especially like a new parent, maybe we meet in a school, hey, what mass time do you guys go to? Right? It's an invitation that assumes that they're coming to mass. Or maybe our kids are staying the night at someone's house and we're trying to figure out how to pick them up. Hey, what mass do you go to? We'll just meet you there. Because we have to begin being joyful about the Mass as a place of encounter, as a normal part of our Christian lives. Because far too many people just are trying to thread the needle, thread it with a camel. And so how do we open ourselves up? Well, I think finally we have to all, it doesn't matter if we're going to Mass or not, all of us, it doesn't matter if we're a priest or if you are in the pews, all of us have to grow in order, right? The psalm today. The very first line says, Lord, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain wisdom of heart. If I truly place God as a priority in my life, then I wouldn't relegate Him to driving down the road and counting that as my holy hour. I wouldn't count my leftovers as a leftover for God. If we do this, we open ourselves up, if we allow God to order our life, and we will not only just encounter Him we will grow in that wisdom of heart to see and be seen by god then the desire for the lord will fill our hearts with his love and as the psalmist says today fill us with your love O lord and we will sing for joy if we no longer cut corners in our faith if we desire true wisdom of god to to see him as he is to see the world as he is to view our faith not simply as duty but as a relationship of love, then we will become young like children again. And we will have no reason to be sad. We have no reason to despair. Because we will receive and we will know that the Lord has not only filled our hearts with joy, but he has filled our ears and our hearts, our very lives, with his unending, unconditional love.